Hello and welcome to the 80th episode of the Overclock podcast. That's Overclock ZA with all the vowels in place. Um, I am Lindsay Shooters, sharpshooters on social media, that opinion guy on the internet. That opinion guy getting some traction this week, getting noticed by serious journalists in the industry. I'm very happy about that. But I am joined as always by the editor of, can we say it, Kevin? Can we say it? Uh, no, you can't. You can call me the editor of the magazine, yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> the editor of Tech Magazine. <laughs> Very good. The largest magazine on South African shelves. Well, not actually on shelves because it's two Foshini um, subscribers. And yes. And you have like... A little bit on shelf. 60 million. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 60,000 subscribers <laughs> and a handful of people buy it in the store. The lucky few who can find it. Yeah. Gavin, how are you doing on this, the second week of Cyril not talking to us? Yeah, yeah, it's becoming a bit concerning, that shame. He's taking so much flack for decisions he made six weeks ago when we didn't know half of what we know now. You know, he had to make decisions based on information he had back in the day. So I respect that. And I mean, he knew it was going to cause a lot of trouble. What I do object to is people who feel like we must go back to work at any cost, you know. I don't know. Then again, I'm not not sitting at home in a shack starving, so it's easy for me to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot we still don't know, and I think this whole adventure is far from over. So let's not pretend we're getting to the end of the journey because we ain't getting to the end of the journey. We're like in the middle of the damn journey. So let's not be pronouncing conclusions and outcomes and things. Mm. Yeah. Gavin, let's start off with some good news. Good news for yes. me, actually. Um, yes. And good news for you, probably, whenever you use your Samsung devices. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, we both love our OneDrive, our OneDrive storage we get with our Microsoft 365 accounts. So yes. now, you can use your one terabyte of OneDrive storage as the cloud backup for your Samsung gallery on your Samsung phone through Samsung Okay. Cloud. Damn. They announced, they announced that um, with the Note 10 announcement, which was like six months ago, feels like a year <laughs> ago, and they finally through with it this week um i or last week i just synced up all of my photos it took wow. it was a lot it took some time okay um, so how much time. yeah how much samsung cloud storage did one get when one started the phone i can't even remember i think you get like 15 gigs okay wow okay so so you were using it for your multimedia backup your photo backup no just for my phone backup strictly, and I was okay. Google Photos, yeah, and not even the full resolution like the. Oh, the oh, are you, are you saying it's a phone backup that you're putting on OneDrive, not not just the, the media? A phone backup that I was putting oh, on I Samsung see. Cloud, um, but now Samsung Cloud is integrated with OneDrive, and I don't know if the backups are also going there now, but I know all of my pictures went to. Okay, that's interesting. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of that kind of thing. You know, why does Acer and Asus and everybody who produces a device try and run their own storage system when no one's going to use it because everyone who's into cloud storage is already committed to some or other system? Why don't they rather just integrate with one of the bigger players and use that as a selling point? I don't know. Mm, I've never used... I, I just don't like the idea of having to have a splinter of storage with Samsung and a splinter with someone else and a splinter yeah. with another person. I don't even like using more than one app store. So I've resisted using Samsung's app gallery as much as mm. possible. Every now and then it's unavoidable, but one does. Um, 
I mean, maybe in the future, these things will just be so much easier and seamless and integrated that we won't even like know or care where things are going because it'll all just appear as one simple interface to us, you know. Mm. Yeah. But LG have actually been leading that charge for a while. They've been quite agnostic. Um, so in LG yeah. settings, you can set which cloud service provider you use, and then it will just back up shit there. Okay, that's kind of interesting because I don't actually do a lot of phone backups like that. I rely just on the generic Android backup because we switch phones all the time. I just rely yeah. on a generic Android backup and then I pull that onto the next handset I use, you know. So I haven't used like a Samsung-specific backup or an LG-specific backup in the past. Interesting. But I guess our case is unique because we keep switching phones. Most people just yeah. want one reliable backup of their phone, yeah. yeah. Um, and in other LG news, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just out of interest, if you have a Samsung and you do a Samsung backup today and you buy an LG tomorrow, that Samsung backup is entirely useless to you, right? Pretty much. Ah, okay. So you, in that case, you're better off with a basic Android backup if you want some of it replicated onto your next handset. Yeah, but if you yeah. use the smart switch, then it actually becomes quite useful. I see. Okay, all right. Yeah, again, it's for the unusual cases like us where we change phones all the time. Most people only change phones once every 18 months or two years. So it's not nearly as big a deal, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Right, Another you were saying LG? LG? Mm. LG is bringing the V60 ThinQ to South Africa. Um, this news broke directly after we recorded last week's podcast, actually. Would have loved to squeeze it in there. But yeah, V60 is coming at a princely price of 20000 999 grand. So, oh. I, I feel it. I feel it. It's bringing Snapdragon 865, which we don't really have a lot of in this country. Um, it's bringing the new LG sensor. It's bringing all of the flagship top tier specs at that price. Plus, it's compatible with an active stylus as well. And LG. Hang on, what, actually, what, is that, what does that mean? It doesn't ship with a stylus in the body, but you can get a third no. stylus after the fact and use it on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like everything that will work with, with Microsoft, so like the, the Windows Ink pen. Right. Those should all work with the LG V60. And how big is the screen? Um, whoa, it's like six. Probably 6.8 ish, I think. I think yeah, it's 6.8 like ish. Yeah. Yeah. Enormous, That's in other big. words, but it doesn't doesn't feel enormous, but it is enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I've, I've looked, I watched the the US reviews, and that thing he's a thick boy and a big boy. He's like significantly bigger than the V50. <laughs> ah, tricky. I worry about that price. You know, maybe it's unavoidable. Maybe they know that the next round of flagships are all going to start at 25, so they're coming in at 20. Yeah. But and I think I think here the the Rand dollar exchange thing really hurts us, man. I'm pretty sure that phone was destined to get here at 18, but now it's at like 20. What did you say? 20, 21. Yeah, 21, 21. Yeah, 21,000 21, rand. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. I don't know if that includes the dual screen add-on in the box. I'm pretty sure it does. I, I think it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's now standard for all their flagships. For those who don't know, if you buy a very top-end LG phone today, um, you get a second screen, which is in a kind of a, a, what do you call them? A folio case. It's a hard case. Yeah. It's slim. It's quite attractive, but it has a second screen built into it. So this is LG's answer to the folding phones that everybody else is getting so excited about. It's a simpler solution, not as high tech, 
but it achieves much of the same. You know, you can do two things at once with the yeah. two screens facing you. Only a few of the apps will actually spread themselves across both screens, though. Uh, Chrome yeah. browser is one of those, but very few other apps will spread themselves across two screens. It's still a neat idea, though, to have two things going on on two separate phones and great for gaming. Yeah. No, fully. Yeah. And that screen is also compatible with the Active Stylus, which is also great. Um, I think it's a great note um, rival at this point. Uh, mm. Needed. I'm on the list. I did get myself on the list to get testing. That will probably start shipping out to reviewers from like next week, I think. Yeah, I mean, you you might hear Lindsay and I droning on a lot about LG, listeners. It's because there are things about LG we like. We like its underdog status and the fact that it manages to innovate in interesting and unusual ways, even though it's working with a fraction of the R&D budget of the other main phone players. In fact, you know, LG owns a very small part of the phone market, and yet it continues to produce great quality projects with unusual features and great innovations at great prices. So we like LG as a player in the market. That's why we go on a lot about it. Like this Velvet thing, for example. Tell us about Velvet, Lindsay. So LG are killing the G series. So the G series was always like the the premium consumer phone. And then right. the V series is like the pro phone. Um, so they're killing the G series, probably because Qualcomm and their monopoly on the chipsets right now is, breaking them financially. So they're going with a lower, a lower end chipset, so not like the top end premium. I think they're going with, a, I think it's got the 765 in it, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and yes, then, yes, yes. Yeah. And then, so they're bringing all like 5G, all that stuff, like top tier camera performance, but with a lower end, with a mid tier chipset, and then pitching it as like their premium mid range phone, and it's now being called the Velvet. Much like they used to have the chocolate way back in the yes, day. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like design. And they, yeah, it's triple camera, if I'm not mistaken. It has a depth sensor, ultra wide, and normal camera. And then, yeah, that's pretty much what, what the Velvet is. But it's going to be upper mid range, is your view. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're going to have. Against? Samsung's S series. Okay, but we're not calling that, oh, oh, you mean the A-series, uh, Samsung's yeah, A-series, because yeah, the S-series, so so like obviously. The top of, of A-series, so like the A71, that, that's right. level. Okay, um, um, because I, this week I saw another unusual LG product called the LG Wing. Again, yeah. here's like just an off-the-wall idea. It just bears no resemblance to anything else going on in the phone market, but you can get it from LG one of these days. All it is is a screen, you're looking at the screen like a normal phone. Then you turn the screen 90 degrees, so now it's running horizontal, almost like a rear-view mirror in a car. You know, like if the one inside the car, the one stuck to the, the dashboard, uh, the, the windscreen. Um, it, you know, the, the screen swivels around and looks like that. And below that is now a second small square screen where you do your usual input, like a, your keypad and so on. But it makes a T-shape, in other words. There's a horizontal long screen at the top with a little short bar at the bottom that you hold in your hands. Why they're producing a phone like this, I don't know. It's a 6.8-inch screen, so it's a big screen to watch things on. Maybe it's just more convenient to hold than turning the phone sideways. Why would LG do something like this? We don't know. It's just one of those sort of prototype ideas they're putting out there. Good for them. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And then talking about the Qualcomm Snapdragons, um, the 768G which is the upper mid-tier uh, chipset, 
that's shipping with the Adreno 620 GPU. And importantly, um, I know Pocophone F2 launched or was announced yesterday. They have upgradable GPU um, drivers. So yes. that processing unit can get better, theoretically get better over time with software updates. To, yeah, yeah, if you keep up with this model. if you're familiar with PC gaming, it's an endless cycle of getting the latest drivers for all the different tech. Everything from drivers for your headphones, drivers for your CPU, drivers in particular for your graphics card, drivers for absolutely everything. You constantly upgrading the drivers on your rig to get optimal performance out of it. But that's what allows a gaming PC to last and kick ass for two years and more is by getting new drivers, which is just little bits of software that you're adding in each time. But um, it's interesting that that same mentality is now coming down to phones, especially with regards phone gaming. So this is what we're referring to. Um, Snapdragon is Qualcomm's main brand name for its processors, but then it has a graphics processor built onto that, which is almost always called Adreno. And that determines how well your phone will perform as a gaming phone and with graphics generally. And now they're building a system to have that graphics system upgraded through software over time, exactly like a gaming PC. So that I think is quite an interesting development um, because for example, the uh, screen sizes are changing all the time and game resolutions are changing all the time. So they need a, uh, a, a graphics processor that's very adaptable for all the different kinds of handsets that are coming out. And they think they can do that adaptability through bits of software that ships after you by the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's our story, I suppose, with Snapdragon and Qualcomm and uh, Adreno. Uh, yeah. So last week or the week before we spoke about Spotify and bringing out their, their family subscription. This week, actually just yesterday, YouTube Music gave the option to then port your Google Play Music library and settings and playlists and everything to YouTube Music because they are killing off Google Play Music by the end of this year. Um, I dig this because it's nice coming together of the different services. I don't like it because I really dig Google Play Music and YouTube Music just doesn't work on my Google Home speaker when I set it as a default service provider. It always tells me that it doesn't have a display and it wants a display. Um, and then, yeah, I, it's just the final nail in the coffin for Google Play Music. And it's a one-click thing that I've seen. I've seen a, a video that Google put out about it. Hasn't been updated for my profile yet. I wait in anticipation. I just got the update for... Um, for YouTube Music to have access to my local library as well, which, as if you listen to this podcast, you'll understand I'm a big fan of streaming services that also understand that you have some music that doesn't exist on those services saved on your device that you also want to integrate, and now YouTube Music allows you to do that as well. Okay. So, I mean, for those who are a little bit confused, um, Google Play Music has been out for a very long time. It's a triangular orange icon. You probably recognize that it. it's shipped on almost every Android phone by default. It's there. And the Google Play Music service is a streaming service, exactly like um, uh, Apple Music or, or Spotify or one of those. It's a streaming service. So these files get played over the internet on your phone. But then Google launched YouTube Music, which confused me no end, because to me, YouTube has been a video streaming service, but actually YouTube Music was an audio streaming service. It was just so confusing because you sort of associate YouTube with video almost like, you know, it's, a, it's the definitive 
video platform is YouTube. So the fact that they ran a music service and called it YouTube Music was endlessly confusing. So Lindsay's pointing out that Google Play Music is now ending and Google Google's YouTube Music will take over as the streaming service and it will be better endowed than it is today. Mm. Yeah, so they're shipping all the users across. Interestingly, if you signed up in 2013 when Google Play Music, the streaming service launched, you had a, a discount in your subscription. So I was running at like 40 rand a month. Um, that will be honored on YouTube Music as well. When you move over, you'll still pay that discounted rate, which is really cool. And yeah. But you're already getting YouTube Music free as part of your YouTube Premium subscription, just like me. Yes. 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 Yes, yes I am. And I did kill off my YouTube, my Google Play Music subscription because that's also bundled in. If you okay. But if you were still using Google Play Music, you would get it at the same discounted rate as the early subscribers got. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Quick, Kevin, you said you pulled off a, a streaming trick here. at home. Well, what is the streaming trick that you pulled off at home? Sorry. Uh, so I was plugged in. So I have three routers in my house because <laughs> I have a and like interfacing between them doesn't always work so nicely. So I was plugged in to the access point in the office um, using Samsung Dex. And my wife, who was ill at the time, and my son were in the bedroom, which is then on Wi-Fi on a different router. And I managed to cast to the Chromecast in my bedroom from the network-attached storage a movie to there. So like the, the Synology network-attached storage has its own little video player interface that does have Chromecast abilities. So I was quite impressed that I managed to do all of that because then their stream kept stopping because I was getting calls and I was like on a Microsoft Teams call as well. And then it like kept pausing because the audio was then rooting to my Bluetooth. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Okay. So hang on. So what you're saying is you're using Samsung's Dex, which means you had your yeah. phone plugged into a monitor somewhere, right? So you're on your you're on your network. Your phone is plugged into a monitor, which is how you're interacting with it with a mouse and keyboard. Then and through then that, yeah. now through that, you're able to see your Synology disk station um, storage unit using a browser window. Yes. Uh, no, it's the app. The, 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 oh, the, app. app. Okay, you get an app for it, right? So you're running the app on the phone. Yeah. And then you're using that to access the storage and stream, um, was it video or audio? or yes, To video. stream a video from there to Chromecast it because Synology's got its own Chromecasting function built into it. You can stream yeah. it to the Chromecast, which is a, a, a device from Google plugged into your TV. Yeah. Whoa, okay. Oh, major geek yeah. weeds there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, I was like, because everybody's at home now and like a lot of people have multiple TVs or maybe they're used to watching like all of the Netflix stuff on their laptop in bed and now suddenly the demand is so high that it's like you're running out of things to watch like on whatever TV, whatever's plugged into your TV. So you want to cast that to your television. You don't want to upgrade to a smart TV. You don't want to spend thousands of rands on a set-top box. So like mm -hmm. the Chromecast, which is selling now for... 645 Rand on Take-A-Lot. Um, it's the third generation, the 2018. Um, there is another one for 779. One's a parallel import, the other one is in stock. Mm, whatever. Whatever. So, like, 650. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And like a Chromecast for me has been the 
it's a, just a little puck that you plug into your TV's HDMI, and you can stream all sorts, all manner of things to it. Like all the streaming services, you can Chromecast now, if I'm not mistaken, except Amazon. So you yeah. can Chromecast from even from like your iPad, which isn't really connected. You can Chromecast from YouTube. Um, DSTV Now app as well does Chromecast quite well. So there's like a lot of content that you can and content services that you can cast like to to a Chromecast. Okay, yeah. So Chromecast has been I've used it much more in recent days because my uh, various apps stopped running on my old TV. And the apps had gotten so slow and the TV had gotten so slow that now what I do is I call things up on my phone and then I send the video stream from my phone to the Chromecast. That works exceptionally well because I have an Android phone. So all Google products interact very well with each other. Android phones with, with, uh, with your Chromecast or your uh, Chrome browser with your Chromecast, all the Google products work really well together. It gets more complicated when you're trying to do it from, say, Amazon video app it doesn't really dig the streaming thing nearly as much. It can be done, but not easily. And I've yet to successfully stream an Apple interface to the Chromecast. It also can't theoretically be done. You can't yeah. work from an iPhone. But can you can you cast from a Chrome browser on an iPhone to a Chromecast? No, you can, Chrome, you can Chromecast from a lot of apps. So like Netflix, you can Chromecast. Um, right. So so, so if you're on an iPhone and you're running yeah. Netflix, you can Chromecast that. Yes, you can Chromecast that directly. Um, yeah, most of the things as well, my Synology apps that work on my phone, on, on the iPad, I can also Chromecast there and then control YouTube, obviously. You can yes. Chromecast directly. Yeah, so anything okay. that has the functionality baked into how it works can be Chromecast from any device. Okay, so let me just summarize again for those who are hearing us use the word cast a lot and have no idea what we're talking about. Um, uh, it's a couple of different components and we can't really get into too much detail because we're out of time. But um, a Chromecast is a gray puck-like thing. It's about the diameter of a coffee mug, but it's only about as thick as a bar of soap or even less. And that plugs into the back of your TV and it's like a little wireless dongle almost. And now you can send things to it over the Wi-Fi in your home. And you could cast things from your phone. If you're watching a YouTube video on your phone, you can tell it, please make this appear on my TV screen by sending it to your Chromecast. It sends it to the Chromecast. Chromecast then displays it on your TV. So it's a way of getting video from your laptop and your phone onto your TV to get it playing there. That's basically yeah. what we're describing. It's called casting because it obviously happens over the Wi-Fi network. So it's, there's, no, there's no plugged end-to-end -end stuff. It all just happens wirelessly. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Man, I see that we're nearly out of time. Yeah, we are nearly out of time. Um, yeah, go to the blog, thatopinionguy.co.za. That's where you find me. I'm putting up my Asus Spin review on That Opinion Guy on YouTube, putting that up this evening, so that will be available. Very proud of that video. Actually shot completely in isolation. <laughs> okay, cool. My wife, wife was my cameraman for... for, for, for <laughs> and I got my new studio going, which is, which is great. Um, yeah, Gavin, that's where you find me. Where do you find you, Gavin? Uh, these days, you find me at home. I live in the <laughs> valley between Fishhook and Nurtuk. That's where I am, but I'm not going to give you a street address. Um, I am working on a new online tech project, which I will have to discuss with the listeners in depth at some point. Not yet, since it's still kind of being developed and still being incubated. 
but it's very exciting. It'll be a quick way to get the best of all tech or to see a list of the best kind of products available in all categories. That's coming up soon. Until then, uh, we produced one more edition of Tech Magazine, which has got a lot of COVID, useful COVID information in it. But hopefully we can stop with the COVID stuff now. <laughs> Getting quite sick of it all, actually. But stay safe, all the listeners. Stay safe. Cheers. Cheers.